Welcome to the Reaching Forward Podcast. This is Pastor Adam Bigelow, and we'd like to look at the Word of God tonight. Got power? We're in Bible study, and we're in Ephesians chapter 4, and we want to look at crossing the dividing line. We're dealing with the walk of the Christian believer. Let's start with prayer. God bless this Bible study. Ephesians chapter 4, crossing the dividing line. Got power? In Jesus' name, amen. An officer asked a soldier, Soldier, you have change for a dollar? Soldier said, Sure, buddy. The officer immediately said, That's no way to address an officer. Let's try that again. Do you have change for a dollar? Soldier, the soldier went to the position of attention and said, No, sir. You know that a lot of times we need change in our life. And crossing the dividing line gives us change. When a man marries a woman, he marries the woman thinking, she won't change. She does. When a woman marries a man expecting, oh, he's going to change. I'm going to change that man. And guess what? He doesn't. Well, change is part of life, right? Well, this little girl, she swallowed a $20 bill and she, you know, parents took her to the hospital for observation to see if her condition, uh, you know, observation to her condition, but so far there's been no change. Well, we're looking for change. So in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, we dealt with our position in Christ. It's good to know about our position in Christ. Chris Voss, who's a hostage negotiator, said... The dangerous part about negotiations is that it's that negotiation that you don't know you're in. (laughs) Anytime you hear the thought, like, I want in my mind, or you're trying to get someone to say, yes, you're in a negotiation. Uh, You know, a lot of times we don't know we're in a test until we fail the exam, right? Have you ever been that way with God? I didn't know this was a test. I failed. I know that. Well, in Ephesians chapter 1, 2, and 3, we are told about our position in Christ. The church has a position in Christ. That teaching or doctrine, it tells us so that we understand that we know if we're in a negotiation, so to speak. We're told about our place in Christ, the power in Christ that works in us, how he made us to sit in Christ in heavenly places. Well, in verse, or excuse me, in Ephesians chapter 4, 5 and 6, chapter 4 crosses that dividing line. And we begin to be exhorted to walk in Christ. You know, when Christ took those five loaves and two fishes in Mark chapter 6, verse 41 and 42, it says he took them, he did three things. Well, the first thing he did was he looked up to heaven and he blessed the the loaves and fishes. That was the first thing. That's like Ephesians chapter 1, chapter 2, chapter 3. He hath blessed us with all heavenly blessings in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. But then Christ did a second thing. He broke those loaves and those fishes. There was a dividing line where he broke them. You know, that that's exact. We have to get past the breaking point. I preached that some time ago, but past the breaking point, God's going to change us and break us and mold us and work on us. 
But you see, God did a third thing. After he blessed the fishes, he broke the loaves, or the, the loaves and the fishes. He broke the loaves. Then he did the third thing. He gave them to his disciples to set before them and the two fishes he divided among them all. And the Bible said the result was, and they all did eat and were filled. You know, someone says, well, he thinks he's God's gift to women. Well, that may not be true. Probably isn't, right? But a Christian is God's gift to people. We're going to deal a little bit more with that later in the chapter. But you see, God gets us past this dividing line. He blesses us in chapters 1, 2, and 3. But then there's a dividing line to chapter 4. And he begins to break us uh, so that we can get out of the classroom and into the world. He teaches us how to walk as a Christian. How to be effective. It's a call for service. So let's begin. That's five minutes, right? Let's begin in chapter 4 and verse 1. I therefore, the prisoner of the Lord, beseech you that you walk worthy of the vocation wherewith ye are called. So it's a call to active Christian service. He said, I call you to walk worthy of the vocation, not vacation. A vocation literally comes from the Greek word kaleo, which means to call. God has a call on your life. And it's not just preachers. Every Christian, every Ephesian had a call. And by extension, every Christian that the Holy Ghost is speaking to has a call. Well, how are we supposed to walk? Let's look to verses 2 to 6. With all lowliness and meekness, with long-suffering, forbearing one another in love. Verse 2. Long-suffering is suffering long. You deal with something for a long time. And you know, if you think you're dealing with someone for a long time, they're probably dealing with your little quirks too. Forbearing is sparing. You know, I remember this one sister, their infant child would step on the, the sister's feet. And she would just kind of grimace and then smile. What is that? Forbearance. Why? It was her child. And she loved her child. You know that we're supposed to forbear one another in love because we want to endeavor to keep the unity of the Spirit in the bond of peace. There is one body and one Spirit, even as ye are called in one hope of your calling, one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is above all and through all and in you all. That's why we say brother and sister, because we have the same Father. You know that Louisiana is not like California, if you've been to both places, and I have, which is not like Georgia, where I've been, which is not like Washington State, where I've lived, which is not like Texas, where I was a couple years ago, which is not like Florida. Now, I'm from Florida. And I thought we drove fast in Florida. We have a reputation. Wow. In Texas, I got honked at twice. And I think I was being accused of driving too slowly. Well, all the states are different. They're diverse. But we are in the United States. We have a common purpose. The states don't all have to be the same. But we're under the same umbrella of the United States. We have the same goal of freedom, the same goal to protect one another and love one another and be different. The church where I pastor in uh, Jacksonville area in Florida is awesome and the people are diverse. You're welcome to come visit. 
They're from all over the United States, all over the world. We have different food. Our potlucks are awesome. The, the music people like is different. The traditions are different. Our accents are different. Our customs are different. If you don't think you have an accent, you do. You sound different to someone else when you're somewhere else. Well, we're not uniform, but we are united in Christ by his love and by his spirit, which gives us the bond of peace. Verse, verse 7 to 10. Gifts are given. Gifts are given. God's gifts are given to be given. When God divided up those fish, he gave them to, to the disciples, and they gave them unto the people, and everyone was filled. That's why God has you in this world and in this life to meet a need of somebody in this world. God has a purpose for your life. Don't let the devil lie to you. Don't think that you're nothing. God has a purpose for your life. And it's to meet the need in someone else's life. They say that reading is the gift that keeps on giving. I really believe that that's, that's, a, that's a truism, right? But God is the gift that keeps on giving. Unto every one of us, verse 7, is given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Wherefore he saith, when he ascended up on high, he led captivity captive and gave gifts unto men. That's from Psalms chapter 68 and verse 18 and 19. But also it says in verse 9 and 10, he had to go down before he went up, right? Jesus went to hell. He bore our griefs. He bore our sorrows. In verse 9 it says, now he that ascended... Now that he ascended, but what is it but that he also descended first into the lower parts of the earth? He that descended is the same also that ascended up far above all heavens, that he might fill all things. Jesus gives gifts because he bought them. He purchased them with his blood. He died and shed his blood for us on the cross. He went and paid for our sins in hell. When he came back up, he's the only one that bought them. He's the only one that can give them. Verse 11, 12, 13. We have differing gifts. First of all, God has something in you. I wanted to, I didn't want to miss this. It, God gave you a gift and put it inside of you. You're a Christian. Find out what it is. You know, you have two superheroes. Take Iron Man and Superman, if you know anything about superheroes. Iron Man has this, you know, big iron super suit that does a bunch of cool stuff. And Superman has basically spandex, right? Well, take their suits away from them. Iron Man's super suit and Superman's spandex. Give them each an identical t-shirt and, and a pair of jeans and some boots, right? Well, what do you have? Well, Iron Man is no longer a superhero. He's just a regular guy. Superman is still faster than a speeding bullet. He is still Superman. The power is in him. The power is not on him. Christ is in you, the hope of glory. That is where the power comes from. So, the Bible says, and he gave some apostles and some prophets, verse 11, and some evangelists, apostles or preachers to preachers, prophets, 
they prophesy. They speak the word of God. Evangelists bring the gospel where the gospel isn't. Pastors are shepherds. Teachers are teachers. They teach. Uh, you may be called to be a teacher. I'm not talking about kids at school, but this is for the, the ministry. You may call to really uh, impart something to people, to be a leader in, in the church in, in teaching the children. Or maybe you're going to teach someone how to play an instrument, teaching something for the ministry, for the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry. That's where the work scope is. For the edifying of the body of Christ till we all come in the unity of the faith and of the knowledge of the Son of God unto a perfect man, unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Again, God has all these jobs to bring people to Jesus Christ. And you have a job. Don't try to be someone else. I remember listening to a podcast and these two men were talking. One man said, I'm going to go play. I'd like to go play golf. It's a nice day. And the other man said, well, you'll never be Tiger Woods. And the man responded. It was a good response too. He said, I don't have to be play golf like Tiger Woods. I'm going to go out and play golf. And he said his name like me. He was going to be himself. We should want to be ourselves, as Oscar Wilde said. Everybody else is taken. Find out what God wants you to be. And you see that God, we see in verse 11, he's an organized God. Uh, some, some people say, I don't believe in organized religion. Preacher, that's right. I don't believe in it. Well, God does. Paul wrote letters to churches. He instructed how to organize and act in churches. In the book of Acts, Paul had missionary churches journeys where he went to check up on these churches and start new ones. In the book of Revelation, Jesus speaks in verse chapters 2 and 3 to seven churches. God organized and organized heaven and an organized earth. We have ecosystems. We have uh, laws of physics, right? He organized the body. He made the body interdependent, the organs, vital organs, working together for good, unified in purpose. I serve in a church organization, churches working together. It's organized. The Bible said in verse 14 that we henceforth be no more children, tossed to and fro. When you cross the dividing line, God helps you to grow up when you walk. And carried about with every wind of doctrine, by the slight of men, by cunning craftiness, by TikTok, by Facebook. You know, you can read something somewhere. I tell my daughter, and she's repeated it, just because you say it doesn't mean it's true. Whereby they lie and wait to deceive. Now, there's good stuff on Facebook, and I'm sure there's good stuff on TikTok, and there's even good stuff on the mainstream news. But just because someone says it doesn't mean it's true. It says we don't need to be carried about with every wind of doctrine, tossed to and fro. I like what it says in James chapter 1 and verse 6. He that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. You know waves have two motions. One is called undulation and one is called fluctuation. Undulation is when a wave rises and falls. They go up and down. Fluctuation is when a wave goes back and forth like the shore, right? It ebbs when it flows out and it flows when it comes in, out and in. Up and down. You know, some folks are like that in church. And I'm not trying to be critical, but, you know, they're, they're really not mature spiritually. They're like, they're up one day like a wave. Hallelujah! Amen! Then they're down the next service. God hates me. Nothing's working out. 
and they're in and out. They're in church on Sunday. Hey, brother, God bless you. And then they're out of church for a month. Hey, where's that brother? <laughs> but you see, when, we're, when we grow in Christ, we learn to not be children all tossed around, but to, to not just be gravitating to everything we hear and not be acting on every emotion, but steadying ourselves in the word of God, by the spirit of God, in the love of God. Verse 15, but speaking the truth in love may grow up into him in all things, which is the head, even Christ. I like to quote Mary Poppins. She said, a spoonful of sugar helps the medicine go down. Have you ever heard that? Well, when we speak about uh, eternal things, there's some real rough stuff to deal with. We've got to speak it in love. And I thank God for everybody that, you know, they, they tolerate a preacher and they tolerate his foibles and that he's not perfect because they in turn love the preacher back. Man, if you love people, they'll love you back. If you love your wife, they'll love you back. The Bible says, whatsoever a man soweth or plants, that shall he also reap. If you want to reap mercy, be merciful. If you want to be loved, love. Verse 16, from whom the whole body fitly joined together and compacted by that which every joint supplieth, according to the effectual working in the measure of every part, maketh increase of the body unto the edifying of itself in love. You have a place in God's body to be a blessing to the church. You do. You have a calling. You have a walk. This I say therefore and testify in the Lord that ye henceforth walk not as other Gentiles walk, in the vanity of their mind. You know, you begin to walk who you're related to. I, I remember I was in a tire store, and this man walked in with two or three boys following him. And I, they all had boots and jeans on, I think, and they all crossed their legs when they sat down the same way. And I think they all had toothpicks in their mouth because they probably just came from a restaurant. So those boys looked like and were acting like the man they followed in. Could he be their father? <laughs> Probably so. You see, because you're going to act like who you are related to. Well, the Gentiles, having their understanding darkened, being alienated from the life of God through the ignorance that is in them because of the blindness of their heart. The Bible says, in whom the spirit of this world hath blinded, the God of this world hath blinded the minds of them that believe not, let the, lest the light of the glorious gospel should shine upon them. People are deceived. If the devil can't, the devil can't tell you God's not real. But you know what the devil can tell you? Oh, just wait. Just wait. Pray tomorrow. End that relationship next year. Stop doing that after next paycheck, right? The devil will just say, oh, I'll just, just wait. But that's a blindness, right? The Bible said, who being past feeling have given themselves over unto lasciviousness to work all uncleanness with greediness. You know, the world needs a, to see someone walking in love. Not to just hear it, even on a podcast, but your life is more powerful than a podcast. Your life is a living message. Someone might deny God. They can't deny you living in front of them. They might not read their Bible, but they'll read your life. You have a powerful message for the world. Verse 20. But ye have not so learned Christ. If so be that ye have heard him and have been taught by him as the truth is in Jesus, that ye put off concerning the former conversation the old man, the way of life, 
which is corrupt according to the deceitful lusts. You know, desires can be deceitful. There's many times at night, I want pizza. There's many times during the day, I want espresso. Pretty much any time of the day or night, including probably waking up in the middle of the night, I could drink an espresso. Well, my body's really not hungry at night because I eat dinner. My body's not always tired. Why? Well, my desire always wants... I, I said it kind of wrong, right? My desire always wants pizza, not my body. It's my desire that wants espresso. I'm aware of their scheme, right? My, they, they, they're co-conspirators. They try to make my body ask me for it. But I understand it's my desire. We have to understand they're deceitful, right? Ooh, I need to buy a new car. Why? It smells so good. Well, it's deceitful. It might smell good. The new car is a dream. The payments are a nightmare. Well, uh, I think I'll just let that dream go because that dream's a nightmare. The Bible says in verse 23, and be renewed in the spirit of your mind. That you put on the and that you put on the new man, which after God is created in righteousness and true holiness. You know that God gives us a new man seven days a week. Have you have you ever seen this? You can look it up, I'm sure, on YouTube, where you put these like big Velcro suits on and then you kind of jump off this trampoline and stick to the wall. Literally, like big human Velcro. Well, of course, you don't stay up there, right? You, you get peeled off. I don't know if you have to get pulled off. I haven't done it. I've just read about it or seen a picture of it but or a video. But that's not how we're supposed to be as Christians. We're not supposed to go jump on a Velcro wall and stick there for Sunday and then you know get pulled down so we can live our lives the rest of the week. We're supposed to have, be crucified with Christ. We're supposed to be a new person seven days a week. We're supposed to live this way all the time. That people will say, man, that that crazy Christian's got something. They got that light. Seven days, there's a song that said, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine on a Monday. Going to let it shine on a Tuesday. And it goes through all week long. Let it shine. I know. My daughter doesn't like my singing either. That's okay. But verse 25, quit lying. Wherefore, putting away lying, we cross the dividing line. Speak every man truth with his neighbor. If you can't say anything nice, just don't say anything. If you can't say the truth, just keep your mouth shut, right? For we are members one of another. Be angry and sin not. Let not the sun go down upon your wrath. I remember when I was a new married man and we'd have a disagreement my wife would be like, honey, let's not go to bed angry. I, you know what? I honestly probably went to bed angry a few nights. And she was absolutely right. And I was absolutely wrong. Because you don't want to give place to the devil. That's verse 27. And I probably did. What do you do? I repented and we're still married. Coming up on 20 years. And my wife is awesome. I love my wife. Verse 28. Let him that stole steal no more but rather let him labor, working with his hands the thing which is good, that he may have to give to him that needeth. You know, God created man, and he gave him his word. His name was Adam. And he gave him a job to be a worker and a security guard in the garden section, right? But God gave man a job. 
God gave man his word so that he could be a productive member of society. And when we cross the dividing line, this is what it takes in us. Walking in love, living honestly, getting a job, get a job. Verse 29, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth. If you have to excuse your French all the time, but that which is good to the use of edifying, that it may minister grace under the hearers. You know, if it's not in there, it won't slip out. I remember when I was a young Christian, and I've told this many times, but I, I got frustrated. I was waxing my car at night, and you don't do that because the wax doesn't dry, and the dew settles on the car, and then I tried to get the, the wax off. It was a new car, by the way, and uh, I scratched the paint up, and, and uh, I was a Christian, but I was a young one. And there, there was no one in the parking lot that night. I was in the military. And I think I, I said every, every word that I knew. My, my French all came out, right? All the bad words. And after I felt so bad, I remember saying something like this. I remember saying, man, Jesus, take that out of me. I didn't realize it was still in me. But that was... God, God took that out of me. I don't remember how many years it was, maybe 1995 or something like that. So 05, 15, that's about 25 years. God is faithful. And I haven't spoken the French since then, okay? Because God will let you, will take it out if you let him take it out. And he'll replace it with something wonderful. Good words, edifying words. And grieve not the Holy Spirit of God, whereby ye are sealed unto the day of redemption. Some seals are for security, like the tomb where Jesus was buried. Some seals, like in Revelation, are to seal something up to, be, to hide it. And other seals, like this seal, is to show ownership. God puts that Holy Ghost uh, sticker on you saying you're part of the heavenly family. Let all bitterness and wrath and anger and clamor and evil speaking put away from you with all malice. Now, these things are on the inside, right? These feelings. But it's almost, if you read it, it's like a chain reaction that starts out small. And it has a physiological reaction, right? So it's an inside work, a feeling that shows on your body. Like my daughter knows when I'm thinking, right? Because she goes like, Daddy, why are you, what are you uh, thinking? Because I'm like staring off into space at the dinner table, right? And she knows. You know, your outside countenance sometimes shows off what's going on in the inside. So what's the first thing? Bitterness. Oof. And if you've ever seen someone who's bitter, they kind of look like they sucked a lemon, right? They have a scowl. Like they have an upset stomach. And then it says, and all wrath. Well, wrath is the second thing. If you don't put away that bitterness, wrath comes from the word to mean heavy breathing. <sighs> well, if you don't stop that, then anger comes. And that means an excitement. You know, when you get people just get excited, you start like an engine revving up, like first gear, redlining. And then clamor comes from an outcry. And it, it, it literally means like to croak like a, like a, uh, a crow. Ah, ah, and then you know, you see when someone blows their top, and then evil speaking, that blasphemy comes out, and they just begin to say what they're gonna say, right? Just any evil speaking, and then it says with all malice. Then comes the evil. Malice just means badness, evil. Here comes trouble, right? Let it all be put away from you. The Bible says, 
it says let all. You don't want to hang on to any of this. And, you know, have you ever had an accident? Have you ever been involved in an accident? Yes, preacher, a car accident. Not a car accident. Okay, I'm talking about an accident involving an upset stomach. An accident involving, without being too graphic, some food that didn't agree with you. Now, if you have, you probably wanted to put the clothes in the wash or in the dumpster, not even in the trash, right in the dumpster, and you probably wanted to take a shower, extra soap, right? You wanted to get it all off. You wanted to be clean. And that's the same with God. I want to get it all off. Let it all go. Let it all go. And maybe tonight if you're holding on to something, make that dividing line. Go make up with that person. Let it all go. Text them. Ask for forgiveness. Let it all go. And let Christ put that clean feeling. In verse 32. Let's end there. Because, preacher, why end there? Well, that's where the chapter ends. <laughs> and be kind one to another. Tenderhearted, forgiving one another. Even as God, for Christ's sake, hath forgiven you. There was some time, someone at, a, at the church a while back that needed to change something in their life. And they were a Christian. So you know what I did? I prayed for them. And God dealt with my heart about this. So I prayed for them, didn't talk to them about it. And uh, they changed it. So well, preacher, why? Well, they were a Christian. I prayed for them. And God touched their tender heart. That's what I believe happened. Well, we need to have tender hearts that God can touch. And as you cross the dividing line, maybe that's something I can pray for you as we're getting ready to pray. Dismiss. Have a tender heart that God can touch. Cross that dividing line. God will bless you. You give your life to Him. Well, then God's going to break you. That's the dividing line. So He can give you. So you can be given Learn to walk in love. It's an awesome chapter. It's the dividing line. Join us next week. We're going to be in chapter five. God bless you. Amen.